everyone, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we talk about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, a community educator with the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, and joining me is Joey Boudreau. Hey, Joey. Hey, Lori. Hey, he's our chief clinical officer here at LOPA. So together, we try to bring you as much information as possible, um, but we need your help to get this information to more people. We hope that you help us spread the word. And it's easy to do. It's absolutely easy, Laura. You can subscribe to us. Find us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Stitcher, Beyond Pod, Miro. And not only subscribe, we'd like you to rate us and give us some feedback. Yes, we're everywhere. And let me tell you, it's very easy to do. On my phone, it was almost automatically set up. So there was a um, podcast app. I hit it, I searched for the gifted life, and there we were. It's simple. It was amazing. Yes, and it was good. So I gave us five stars. If you can do I was it, a hard anyone teacher can too. do it. I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Also, don't forget about us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, look for Donate Life Louisiana when it comes to Facebook, because a lot of the things that we talk about, you can see in pictures. And a lot of these recipients, folks who come out with us, um, we post their pictures on there, right. tell their stories. And we want that feedback from you, too. So please do. Here on the Gifted Life Podcast today, there's lots more going on. And we will be talking in the new segment about Essence Festival, which is coming up on the July 4th weekend. So calling all volunteers. Get ready. Absolutely. And Laurie, in our recovery segment, we're going to be talking to a kidney transplant surgeon. She's going to be talking to us about a little bit of the changes that happen with our kidney allocation system. Always good to know education is key. We'll also be busting myths. And today we tackle one of the biggest myths that we hear most often out and about. And in our community segment, we're going to be talking to a transplant recipient and her ties to a future major leaguer. Ah, I love our athletes. Um, in our technology segment, how social media is playing a role in getting the word out about donation. And last, Laurie, of course, we're going to be honoring a hero as we do in every podcast. I think that's one of our um, favorite segments here. Plus, we'll be taking your questions and so much more here on the Gifted Life Podcast. We've reached the news segment of the Gifted Life podcast, and Joey, we have an update. Update on what, Lori? Update on a cutie patootie. His name is Briggs Elliser. He just turned six months old, and we had talked about him in a previous podcast, um, but he was very sick. He was born with a liver disease, mm. biliary atresia, and doctors said that he would need a liver transplant. Well, mom um, texted me in the middle of the night, and she said, guess what? It's official. He's listed. So he's officially listed. They are waiting for the call, um, for this life-saving call. Um, But in the meantime, do you know what mom's doing? What's that? She's taking Briggs around to different areas and educating about donation. And I just think it's so cool. I've seen pictures, and and it's amazing. When you look at him, he looks like he's so full of life. (sighs) He's so happy. He's got such a strong personality at such a young age even though he's going through all this. Right. And I think he's a little flirt, too. Because when I start talking to him, I get this, like, crooked smile, you know, kind of reminds me of Elvis, like, hey, ladies, how you doing? He's so cute. Uh, Mom made him a shirt. It's a green shirt with a, a blue drawing. And you know the Superman logo with yeah. the S in the middle? Mm-hmm. Well, instead of the S in the middle, it's the B 
for Briggs. <laughs> and she says um, he's their superhero because he's going through all this stuff, but he still has a smile on his face, which yeah. is pretty cool. We're talking about this. You want to see this cute guy? Check us out on Facebook, Donate Life Louisiana. Um, but one of the interesting things that I've learned from hanging out with mom is that um, in her younger years, she went to the OMV and they asked, do you want to be an organ donor? And at first she said yes. And then she said no. Mm. And so I was curious about that. And I said, now, now, why is that? And she said, I just, I wasn't educated. I didn't know enough. And she said, and that's why I spend all my free time when I can, when Briggs is having a good day, trying to tell someone about yeah. organ donation and how it can save a life. And she really gets emotional about it because it's this little nugget. He's just six months old, but she's hoping that his story can help save other lives as well. How cool is that? It is. And that's exactly what we're here for. You know, the fact that she said no, you know, she had originally said yes. And then just because of a lack of education, mm -hmm. you know, she said no. It's the right thing to do, you know, but without that education out there, without us able to spread the word like we are and, and without others spreading the word, more people say no just because, well, I don't really know about it. So that's what we're here to do. That's it. Know? And and Briggs connects with these audiences. Mm -hmm. um, the last audience that we were in front of uh, were high schoolers, and they wanted to know all about him, pinch his cheeks. We took a picture around um, with him, which he wasn't too happy about. Like, he was done <laughs> signing autographs by that time, but just the cutest little thing. So um, check out our, our Facebook page, Donate Life Louisiana, for updates not only on Briggs, but other folks that are in our Lopa family as well. So, Joey, we have that going on, plus much more, and we're hoping that folks get involved. Absolutely, Laurie. Just around the corner is the Essence Festival. It's going to be on 4th of July weekend, as it always is. Yes, calling all volunteers. The person who knows the most about this is Lopa community educator and just all-around Wonder Woman, really. <laughs> um, her name is Sharon Raymond. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing today? Good. Tell us about your, your coverage area and where you mainly spend most of your time. I'm usually in North Louisiana, Shreveport, Bossier area, all the way down to Manny, Mansfield. So the pretty much the Northwest Louisiana area is my, my coverage area. So you basically do everything. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Now, where will you be July 4th weekend? As always, I will be at the Ernest and Warriel Convention Center in downtown New Orleans, Louisiana. That is where we will host our community table for LOPA at the Essence Music Festival, and you don't want to miss it. Awesome. Yeah, so Joey and I are reading up on this annual music festival. It's called A Party with a Purpose to Celebrate Essence, really, a magazine aimed primarily towards African-American women. So why is it so awesome that we are there in the middle of this huge music fest? It is awesome because with our community outreach program, we not only educate for organ and tissue donation, but we also educate the public on the preventative side and the reasons why people are waiting for a transplant. As you know, African Americans have a very high rate of high blood pressure and diabetes, and we make up most of the kidney waiting list. So this is a prime example of an opportunity that we could not miss. And we have to be there to sign up as many people as we can so that we can get some of our own culture off of the waiting list. Man, she's getting me excited about it. That's amazing. It, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, not only do they do, you know, talk about the donation, but to talk about the preventative side like mm -hmm. they do and try to catch it before there's an issue, before they need to be transplanted. That, that's a really wonderful thing that you guys do, Sharon. Yes, it is. And you know what? When we go into high schools and middle schools, 
we instill in the children that they need to ask questions when they're talking to their family about health issues because we find out that when they go off to college, a lot of them don't even know what in, what's in their family history. And if you don't know you have a genetic disposition to high blood pressure or diabetes, then that could put you at risk for renal failure. That's right. So Joey and I were looking at the stats when it comes to the Essence Festival because you guys do such a great job educating there. And what we've learned is that every time this festival comes around, you guys are able to sign up a lot of people to become organ donors. Definitely. Every year gets bigger and better. And we generally get about 300 new registrants each weekend. So that is phenomenal. And that is why we need so many more people to come out and help us because it's getting overwhelming for just one or two people. Cheryl Hills has always been there from the beginning. And right now we'll have two tables set up at the Morial Convention Center. So we're going to need more people to come out. And you're not going to want to miss this opportunity to meet some of your biggest and brightest and your best entertainers. You will get to see them up close and personal. You'll get their autograph. You can walk around and meet people like Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry. And some of the people that you only see on screen will be at the convention center that weekend. Ooh, can you get me on Family Feud? (laughs) Please, please, please do that. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, I saw um, a volunteer call out on... On our Facebook page, Donate Life Louisiana. Um, but if someone signs up to volunteer, um, what essentially will they be doing? They actually, first of all, they need to come prepared. They need to come dressed in some comfortable clothing, ready to be a cheerleader for LOPA and organ donation. Love it. And they need to wear some very comfortable shoes because when we get <laughs> there, point. everybody wants to come to our table. We have the best table every year. And it's so awesome that we have actually been spotlighted in the Essence magazine twice just this springtime alone just to let people know we will be there. So when they get on site, they need to be ready to talk to people. They need to be ready to explain what organ and tissue donation is and how we can affect the community just by signing up and telling your family what your wishes are. Man, and let me tell you, you can work alongside Sharon and Cheryl, who will help you as well. So if you're thinking this is something you want to do, send us your info at info at lopa.org. Did I confuse you, Joey? All right, Mm -hmm. info at lopa.org. And uh, just put in the subject line, Essence Festival Volunteer. And uh, one of these fine ladies will sign you up. But I can see why we're so successful, because... Listen, the passion in this woman's voice. She enjoys herself, number one. So it must not be like work. You're having a good time out there. It is a lot of fun. It's a hair fun, and you don't have to have any experience. We do on-the-job training every single day. So Thursday through Sunday, (laughs) whatever day you want to sign up, come on out. And before maybe an hour is even up, you'll be an experienced educator. Awesome. We love it. Thank you so much, Ms. Sharon. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Sharon. Have a good day. You too. And good luck at the Essence Festival. That's July 4th weekend. If you're thinking about volunteering, this may be the way to go. It's very informal. You have uh, professionals at your side, and then you get to have a good time. A lot of entertainment. So I love me some Sharon. Absolutely. I'm excited about this Essence Festival. I'm excited about the volunteers who will show up, but mostly I'm excited about the potential lives saved 
because of the work being done there. Yeah, big kudos to Sharon and Cheryl. It's a lot of work. It's fun work, you mm-hmm. know, but to, to have the, the impact that they have and to be able to educate like they do and have 300 people throughout the United States. I mean, these are people from across the U.S., mm-hmm. not just in Louisiana. So they're signing up not only in uh, Louisiana to save lives. They're si- signing up from in the Texas registry or the Florida registry or, you know, so it's a huge impact. And like we said, one, the, the impact of one person is huge. Basically, a big deal, and you want to be a part of it. So info at lopa.org to get involved today. It is now time for our recovery segment here on the Gifted Life podcast. And Joey, um, you know, we we look over stats before we get to the podcast. And right now, over 80% of the wait list, both nationally and in the state of Louisiana, is for a kidney. That's so right. it's very important. People ask lots of questions about it. And uh, that's what we kind of wanted to focus on, kidney transplantation. That's right. And and that's why we decided to bring on, uh, we have a transplant surgeon that we've called on the line, Dr. Emily Ahmed. She's an abdominal transplant surgeon for Oshner Multi-Organ Transplant Institute. And uh, she's come down recently. I met her for the first time a few months ago. She came down from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't hear her say A, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how are you doing, Doc? I'm doing well. How are you? Really, really good. And we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, but we think it's so important that we help educate, especially when it comes to kidney transplantation. So we appreciate you. Well, and, thank you. Happy to take part. Absolutely. And, and my first question is kind of an obvious one. What What got you into becoming an abdominal transplant surgeon? Oh, there's so many things. Um, it's really, a, it's a, a great job and, and it's really an honor to do what I do, to be able to interact with people who are clearly suffering from diseases, be it you know, kidney failure, liver failure, whatnot, and, and are significantly impacted in, uh, in both their quality of life and their overall uh, mortality. And so to be able to interact with someone in that condition and really be able to make an impact and totally change uh, their life, both in terms of how they feel and their quality of life and really extend their life and productivity and, and really see a huge change. And to me, that's such a great honor to take part in. And we get to see your work each and every day, and it's just amazing what you're able to do. And, Doc, we get to see, you know, from our end, we help the donor families out. We support, you know, our big focus, of course, is supporting the donor families. Mm-hmm. We don't get that opportunity like you as often to be able to see that change that's made, to watch someone go through what they go through for sometimes years, you Mm -hmm. know, and then all of a sudden a transplant comes available and they have that second chance. Can you take me through what that looks like and the difficulties that you see? And then, of course, the rejoicing of that patient and, of course, their family. Sure. But when we're talking about kidney transplant and thinking about patients in kidney failure requiring dialysis and really giving up a huge portion of their their time and their life to dialysis, um, which not only you know takes apart takes away their the time they have available to do the things that they did before and to interact with family and friends and to work, um, but it's also very physically taxing at times. And to see people that at one time were you know, very happy and vibrant and productive and it really being on dialysis 
changes a lot of that. Mm. Um, and to bring them through uh, the transplant process and to take away that need for dialysis and to really to give them back another chance, give them back their energy, their ability to interact and do the day-to-day things that they wanted to do but couldn't. It's really, it's it's great. And it's, you'd be surprised at how quickly that transition can happen after transplant. And it's really great to see and to continue to follow, you know, six months, a year, five years down the road and really see how people have changed. So speaking of how quickly, so how, how quickly is it Specifically, like, say, with a, a kidney transplant. So someone who's gone two and three years mm-hmm. without their kidneys functioning at all and, and having to be married to that dialysis machine. And then the transplant takes place. So then how long does it generally take, on average, for them to start seeing the, the fruits of your labors mm-hmm. and, and, and that gift start functioning? Sure. Well, you know, every transplant's a little bit different, but you'd be amazed at how many people, you know, even in the first day or so after surgery, once that new kidney is working, say how much better they feel already. Oh. But, uh, you know, every every situation is different, and I will say that patients, the longer they're on dialysis, sometimes the harder the recovery is, sometimes the longer it takes for things to get back to normal, and sometimes the, the harder the surgery is. But you'd be surprised at, at how quickly people start to notice a change, right. even if it's not, you know, a full recovery, to notice little things um, all of a sudden starting to get better. You know, the people often complain of a lot of nausea, a lot of GI or discomfort, a lot of, you know, fatigue, and and often a lot of those things change early on after surgery, um, right. even earlier than the full kidney function is restored. You mentioned that length of time that people are waiting. We've recently had big changes come up in the organ donation and transplantation world, and uh, and those have been a long time coming. Uh, I can remember quite a few years trying to figure out a new kidney allocation system that would be you know more beneficial to more recipients. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about the challenges with the old system and then the impacts that you've seen now with the changes that have taken place now uh, since December 4th? Sure. I, I think that the one of the key things to remember is that there are, there's so much more demand than we have the ability to give. You know, along with that comes this necessary wait time. And the wait times vary, as you know, but can be you know significant, you know, on the order of you know, three to five or more years, depending on the situation. And so, you know, with the old system, there were definitely people that waited a lot longer than others, you know, patients that had a highly sensitized or had a high likelihood of reacting to a new kidney um, and have finding a match was difficult. Um, there were patients that were on dialysis for a long time prior to entering into the, the transplant process. An evaluation process, and as I mentioned, being on dialysis is hard on the body, right. and the longer that you're on dialysis, the harder things are with regards to getting through the surgery and recovery, and, and so I think those people were also slightly disadvantaged, and those are some of the big things that have changed with the new allocation system, so that the time that you're waiting on dialysis prior to a kidney transplant now factors in, and you know, highly sensitized patients or patients that have a high likelihood of reacting to kidneys and might need to be offered multiple kidneys before they find one that matches. Those are those are patients that I think benefit from this new system. 
and overall um, matching patients with the right kidney so mm-hmm. that you know, we can maximize the amount of benefit that each individual is going to receive from a kidney so that young patients that have you know, many, many years ahead of them with a good functioning kidney get the right kidney for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's all. those are all the benefits of the new system that we've seen. We've certainly seen that on our side as well. We've seen some of those very highly sensitized patients you know, that before were kind of, like you said, disadvantaged on the list. And they were, they had been on the list for years and years mm-hmm. and years. Yeah. Because it's hard when you're highly sensitized, You, it's hard for you to match up. You, you, you There's right. a lot of chance for a rejection there. So, uh, so now that a priority is placed on those and they get the first, kind of the first right. options there. And we've seen a lot of those patients come on the list that have been waiting for 10 years and, and right. sometimes longer. So right. it's been a, a really good change that we've seen. Obviously, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that it's, right. it's been working because, good for you because guys. Because a lot of those patients, I think, in the old system may have gone you know, another 5, 10 or more years right. or may never have gotten transplanted. Right. So I think that's a huge benefit that we've seen. All right. Well, Doc, thank you very much uh, for taking that time out of, your, out of your busy schedule. Yes, I was to, taking notes. To very come, good. come and talk to us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It was my pleasure. She was really good. Absolutely. We enjoyed her. Full of knowledge. Dr. Ahmed. And then we were pulling just the stats just to give you an idea because folks ask us. But in the state of Louisiana, there's about 2,000 people waiting on a life-saving organ transplant, a little more than 2,000. Of that 2,000, about 1,759 are waiting on a kidney. So she talked about the demand being there. The demand is there. So um, across the country, there's about 122,000 people who are waiting, and of those, 101,000 are waiting on a kidney. Just to kind of put that in perspective and give you some numbers to toss around. Uh, But she talked about um, after the transplant, you can see – an ability to live. You can see these folks kind of popping back into it with this gift of life. And we have a recipient named Doug Kosman. He received a kidney transplant, direct donation from his friend Shelby. And this is in the Baton Rouge area. But he said, I knew something was wrong with me because I had no energy to play my favorite sport, golf. I mm-hmm. couldn't go out. I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. And he said it was just taking its toll. And then he says, I get this gift of life. And he says, I'm out there every day if Mother Nature allows, if there's no rain. Um, So he is fun to talk to, and you can really see the difference, uh, just like Dr. Ahmed was saying about the ability to recover quickly. He is, uh, you know, on the rise, and we love that. Also, we had an event on LSU's campus, and we had kind of put it out in the local media, and this woman saw that this event was going on. So she showed up on campus and she said, hey, I want to join in. I'm a kidney transplant recipient. I'm like, fantastic. And I always ask, tell me your story. When was this? And she said, over 30 years ago. And she said, I am fine. And she said, so I figured I better start you know, jumping in and helping out. So it's just amazing to hear these different stories. Um, but Dr. Ahmed was was right. The demand is out there. We hear about it every day. And um, what we can do now to help is to educate, to spread the word. It's what we're doing. Okay, Joey, you ready? I am. 
time to bust some myths here. Let's do this. Yes, and we want to revisit something that has been in the news lately and something that we hear an awful lot about. One of the myths that's circulating and one of the ones that we battle a lot is if I agree to donate my organs, the hospital staff won't work as hard to save my life. A lot of the newspapers, not only in Louisiana, but across the country, have been talking about organ donation awareness, which is just phenomenal. It's just great. And so one of the myths that they brought up was this. If I agree to donate, the hospital staff won't work as hard to save my life. What say you? Well, Laura, it's something we've talked about before, but since it keeps coming up, just wanted to kind of reiterate. You'll be seen by a doctor whose specialty most closely matches your particular emergency, Mm -hmm. not by someone who performs a transplant. Like, for example, if you come in with a head injury, you most likely be seen by a neurologist or a neurosurgeon, not a transplant, liver transplant surgeon or a heart transplant surgeon. They have no affiliation with each other. As I've said before, there are only three transplant centers in the state of Louisiana but there are hundreds of hospitals. Mm -hmm. So these transplant surgeons are only affiliated in those particular hospitals, and they only do their surgeries, their transplants. There's no connection from one to the other. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about this for me is that when I'm out in the community, I can be in a high school class, I can be in a biology class or a physical education class, I could be with adults, I could be at the OMV, I could be with older folks, and this is one that you hear across those generations. And I think it's just about education, and once folks understand, more than likely they'll say yes because they want to help save lives, they just don't understand, and this is the one that we just keep hearing again and again. So the point of this segment is to bust those myths, and we need your help. So um, spread the word not only about this podcast, but our Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter pages, and hey, maybe you have a question as well. We want to spur those conversations at home. So info at lopa.org, get in on the conversation and be a lifesaver. It only takes one person. And we have reached the community segment here on The Gifted Life. And one of my dear friends is joining us by phone to talk about something spectacular that happened. It's kind of tied to the super regionals that we just had uh, not too long ago here in the state. Yes, and all eyes were on that. Oh, you perked up. Yes, I was. It it was my alma mater against my other favorite team, UL Lafayette against LSU. So it was a huge, it was a house divided there. My wife went to LSU. Yes. I went to UL Lafayette. Same here. I'm a Raging Cajun fan, down the middle as well. But no matter what, there was a Louisiana team Yes. In there, making making a name for itself. So we love it. Joining us by phone is Wendy Lipsy, who is a transplant recipient and a little firecracker. How are you doing, Wendy? I am doing wonderful. How are y'all? We are great. great. Yeah, we're glad that you can join us. Now, Absolutely. just to catch the audience up, you just celebrated quite an anniversary. Was it three months? Yes, it is three. I just celebrated three months. I had on March the second. I had a kidney and a liver transplant at Oxford in New Orleans. Ooh. And how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I feel great. I've got lots of energy. I feel alive, and I'm happy to be around. She inspires me to live life to the fullest for sure. Certainly. But I have to share this story, Wendy. Joey, she has a son named Luke, who's just a a cutie patootie. When I first met him about five years ago, yes, he is. He came up to me and he says, "Um, can I have your phone number? 
And I said, well, well sure. Uh, but he did that with a lot of the ladies. But, um, you so don't about, feel special. <laughs> but about three months ago, my phone rang. It was late at night. And it said Luke Sharota on my phone. And I said, okay. So you know when you get a late night phone call, something's going on. And he said, we got the call. And he was so nervous. But he was so filled with hope because mom was going to get a second chance. And Wendy, I will never forget that phone call because now you and Luke are just living life, huh? You're giving me the goosebumps. Yes, (laughs) we are living the life. You know, I had a liver transplant six years ago, and it kept me alive and going for many, many years. And, yeah, that was an emotional phone call. Uh, I'm sure that Luke made to you that mom was going to make it, that mom was getting a liver and a kidney. It's so awesome, and I I pulled a picture of them out at an outdoor festival because they are smiling so bright. Their eyes are shining, and it's just like we are here thanks to a hero, which is amazing. And that's why Wendy does so much to help spread the word about organ donation. If you call her phone, Joey, it says, if you're not an organ donor, sign up. Like, (laughs) the message is everywhere. We love it. But recently, she was rubbing elbows with one of your— Favorite players. Who is it for LSU? Alex Bregman. Absolute one of my favorite players of all time. Actually. And let me tell you, he is a good, kind-hearted young man. That's that's great to hear. He was recently selected as the second overall Overall. player in the major league draft. So he's going to be a future major leaguer. Yeah, we were there at that party when he was selected and drafted. I mean, you should have seen him. Jumped off with excitement oh off of goodness. that couch when he was picked. His name was chosen. It was an amazing evening. He and, was so cool that night. He was he was wearing the organ donation Lopa bracelet, which was pretty cool. That he had he had put it on for a game, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But he didn't take it off. This was days later. Mm-hmm. He was still wearing that bracelet. I saw the bracelet as he hugged his dad after he got that message that he was selected second overall, which was pretty cool. So just to give you a little background on this all-around good guy, he did some interning with Jeffrey Marks. If you want to know about Jeffrey and his tie to donation, jeffreymarks.org. But he had a sister named Wendy Marks who had a liver disease. She had hepatitis B. She struggled. They shared their story with many, and it captured a lot of attention from a lot of different folks, one of them being Olympic champion Carl Lewis. Right. And so Jeffrey calls me up on a Sunday afternoon and says, hey, we have this amazing opportunity to spread the word about donation. Can you help? Well, of course we say, yes, what do you need? And he says, this amazing star player wants to wear this bracelet. So I know that he called you as well, Wendy. We were all in connection that afternoon. But what did that mean that this little boy that had all these eyes on him, I say little boy, but (laughs) to me, a a grown man with so much talent, but that he would decide to do that to help save more lives. I mean... That's amazing, right? I mean, he's just such a, he's such a good, kind-hearted young man. I mean, you know, he I don't know if y'all know, but he had shaved his head, actually, before one of the games. Yep. And the sports announcer said he did it to get his mojo back. But in <laughs> fact, Alex, his, one of his best friend's mother was just diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And uh, he shaved his head in honor of her. And the night that for his draft pick, I ran up to him and got a picture with him and gave him a big hug. And he showed me his bracelet, and he goes, I'm wearing this in honor of you. Mm. 
So just a good guy. We were so happy that things were working out for him. I love to see those emotional, this happened for me and it's happening to a good guy. Mm -hmm. And the cool part was, you know, you had to wait for the news and everything to kind of come out to see what happened. And Wendy was in the room, so she was yeah. texting the video and the pictures and all that stuff happening. So that's really that great. Play. I know. <laughs> so that's amazing. But Wendy, you and I always try to brainstorm and think outside of the box when it comes to reaching yeah. new people to help save lives. And we always say we just need, you know, that one person who can really make a difference. Well, all eyes right. were on Alex and look at what he was able to do. Exactly. So it's exactly. A, it's amazing that you had that connection. Well, I'm hoping we have more to come with some um, neat stuff for a local Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency with Alec Bregman. We're not going to tell. It's a big secret. But um, I didn't even tell Joey. I'm hoping to have. Well, we won't tell him. We'll just more to come with Alex Bregman and Lopa <laughs> in the future. <laughs> That's our hope. That's our goal. And such a good guy. We're so happy that you're doing well, and we love that you want to pay it forward and save more lives. And not only Wendy, but Luke as well. Just a cool family. Well, Lopa is near and dear to my heart, and there's no other organization that brings me more happiness than to spread organ donation awareness. And, you know, somebody saved my life. And I hope through um, awareness and public speaking that we can spread awareness and save many more lives. Well, you are a little firecracker, and we appreciate you lending your talents to us, and we look forward to what's to come. Thanks, Wendy. Well, I'm excited. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Wendy. Donate life. We love it. Joey, we have reached the technology segment of the Gifted Life podcast, and we're excited. Uh, we just learned a little bit about Wendy Lipsy, the Wendy Marks Foundation, Alex Bregman. And one of the ways that we were able to reach an audience that we weren't able to reach before is because of that young man and the role that social media plays in today's society. It's amazing what it's, happened. It's amazing, especially when you have someone who's so visible on such a large scale, you know, on, on a stage that allows millions of people to be able to see him and see that green bracelet on his hand. I was just so touched that this man with so much promise and so much talent chose, number one, to wear the bracelet. But during the game, when we had all of Acadiana, all of the Baton Rouge area watching to see what was going to happen between the LSU and the Rage and Cajuns, right, because everybody's cheering for one or the other, but... We're knowing that one Louisiana team will make it, you know, all the way. But we had so many shares on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We had so many likes. It was just we were able to reach people that we weren't able to reach because of this one athlete who took the time to learn a little bit about donation and then believed in it. Yep. He saw the testimonials. He saw what works. Yep. Yeah, so it was so cool. So when we talk here about things that are happening, you can actually see those things on our Facebook, Donate Life Louisiana, at Donate Life LA, or our Twitter. Is that right? Yes, Twitter. Joe, you follow me? <laughs> yes, and then we have Instagram as well. Um, but we, we try to be out there. We want you to be involved, and we want you to help share these stories. But um, we had so many shares of Alex's story on social media that it was amazing. It just spread like wildfire, and that's you doing your part to spread the message. Yep. So we love it. It's amazing what it can do. We always talk about that one person. You know, it only takes one person to make a big difference. And and Alex Bregman was that one person. It allowed it allowed so many people to to at least start asking the question, 
What is that green bracelet? What's, why does he have that? And to be able to see that on our, our Facebook and on our Donate Life page and be more educated, become more educated. And that was interesting to watch. Like, well, is that a, is that a green bracelet? What, what is that on there? And so uh, I saw that on some of the other feeds. And so when we posted that picture, this is why he's wearing it. Oh, I knew it. And That's so they the started spreading the message as well. So it, it was just amazing, an amazing thing that social media can do to help us in the world of donation. And you can do your part with just a simple click. Yep. And while you're on the computer or your phone or things like that, we want you to check out our YouTube channel as well. It's very simple. We put some very moving, emotional videos on there that you can share. You can. You just have to type in Donate Life Louisiana, and you'll see tons of information, tons of stories out there to inspire you and to educate you about donation and about the heroes that we see every day. And look, we just try to make it as easy as possible. So when we say Facebook, a simple share or a retweet on Twitter or YouTube, you share those videos, um, that makes a difference. You never know who you're going to reach and you can do your part to save lives. We have come to the point in this Gifted Life podcast where we pause and we like to thank those heroes who have saved lives. And today, we are talking about a hero named Justin Harrison. And Joey, I'm not sure if you know about this or not, but Justin Harrison's story and Justin's family, that's the reason I signed up to be an organ donor number one. That was my first introduction to the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. And basically, one of the reasons that I'm here today. And it just goes to show you how one story can make a big difference. And a powerful story it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned his family. His mom, Libby, is a very special person to both of us. Right. She was actually one of the first people that I met in Lopa when, on my first day on the job 13 years ago. And ever since then, she's been very inspirational on a daily basis, mm-hmm. keeps us grounded. But the story started actually about a year earlier or so in 1996, Justin's grandfather, Libby's dad, mm-hmm. was diagnosed with a cardiomyopathy, and he had a he had a major heart disease where the only cure was a heart transplant. And he was frustrated. Justin was, mm-hmm. and he, you know, began talking to his family, talking to, to Libby and Kelly, his dad, and his siblings about that's a shame. It, you know, there's a cure, and. Why don't more people say yes, Mama? Mm-hmm. And know. I can hear Libby telling the story and him saying to her, if more people knew about organ donation, he would still be alive. we got to tell people. That's exactly, yeah. that's exactly right. It became a, a big part of his mission to try to save more lives through organ donation, tell everybody about donation, all his friends, the rest of the family. And, and unfortunately, his, his grandpa, uh, he passed away you know, uh, waiting for a heart transplant. And the following year, uh, on August 20th, 1997, he was leaving for school. It was just a typical, typical day. Mm -hmm. Uh, He told mom, I love you, bye, uh, you know, that morning. He told mom, bye, you know, that he loved her like he did every morning. And and it it had been just a typical day. Uh, But on on his ride back from, from school, uh, he was in the back of a truck, and they were at a bus stop. And for some unforeseen reason, he tripped over uh, a book sack, a school mm-hmm. bag, mm-hmm. 
and fell onto the pavement and hit his head. And the, the truck wasn't moving, nothing was going on. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't this big car crash or anything. So Libby, Kelly, and, and the siblings and, and the rest of the, uh, of course, his friends went to the emergency room uh, in one of the local hospitals there in, in Lafayette. And they were expecting to see, you know, or talk to the physician about, well, he's got a broken arm, a broken wrist. And, and um, unfortunately, you know, sometime uh, after they were waiting, the doctor and the nurse pulled him into what Libby describes as that, that little room. Mm-hmm. And she, she was like, well, the, you know, something must be wrong. But she didn't really understand what it was. And it was there where she found out, you know, that Justin had passed. And she went to see him. And, of course, he, he didn't really have a whole bunch of bruises, scrapes, or anything. It was just a simple bump on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's described this to me many times. She said, Joey, he was, looked like he was in a coma. He was mm-hmm. just, it looked like he was sleeping. He was peaceful. She says he was beautiful. He was beautiful. Yeah. He was perfect. And she could not understand why is he warm to the touch? You know, I, I, I grabbed his hand. You know, he, he felt warm. He felt like he was sleeping. And she it took her a little while to understand. But she says, looking back on it, she knew it, she was fighting the thought. But she knew that he was no longer with us. And it was a difficult decision, of course. But thinking back about what Justin had told them before, that question arose um, would Justin become an organ donor mm-hmm. and they talked about it and Libby and Kelly spoke about it and they had gone back to the words that Justin had told them before you know if everyone would say yes grandpa would still be alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they did yes you know yes was an obvious answer for them and Justin went on to save five lives and he gave sight to two different people. Mm-hmm. And since then, most of the recipients have become uh, just an extended part, part of their of the family. family. Yes, yes. So we see them regularly you know, at all the events. <laughs> Marilyn, the heart recipient, is, is still, she's very visible uh, in part of our, as being part of our Lopa family. Yeah. And it's going to be 18 years this coming summer. Yeah. 18 years. It's amazing. She, she told me, talked to me, you know, about that very thing. You know, it's, it's now more time that he's gone than he was with me. Mm-hmm. But she says it just still seems like it was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, um, I was not signed up to be an organ donor. Again, this was 18 some odd years ago. And um, I was a reporter at a news station. You're not supposed to get emotionally involved. But I went out to cover this story on the weekend. And it was a celebration of life for this kid called Justin Harrison. When I get there, I recognize his sister, Heather, used to play ball with her recognize Miss Libby. They release these balloons. She's crying. I'm crying. She says, are you an organ donor? I said, I'm not. (laughs) And here she said, you need to sign up. I said, okay. I remember my tears falling on that paper, but I was so proud of the decision Mm -hmm. that I made that day because of him. We're still telling his story today. What's funny is I went from reporter to anchor. I did a, a morning show in Lafayette and Libby would come in and it was a three hour morning show. And she would just come in and she would say, I brought y'all some donuts. I'm going to sit here. If you have a minute to talk about organ donation, 
I'll just I'll just be right over here. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing her every day. Some days we could fit her in, some days we couldn't, but we always enjoyed the visit. We really enjoyed the food, you know, us here in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. But we learned so much just from visiting with this donor mom who was going through the healing process yeah. herself. So we're still telling Justin's story. He's one of our heroes. And the reason that I signed up, and he is a hero. Mom screams it from the rooftops. And along those same lines, Laura, there's so many people that I have come to talk to that have said yes, you know, that I've spoken to personally and have said yes. And and their reasoning is because that lady on the TV Mm -hmm. who lost her son and he became a hero. Mm -hmm. And so many lives were touched because it's not just those five lives that Justin saved. There are so many hundreds of other lives because of him and because Libby has spread the word you know, that's that was his mission and it became Libby's mission. And every day till this day, mm-hmm. you know, it still is. So there's so many lives that are touched because of this hero. And then just one more connection that's funny for me to tell you about, because I always call Libby when something like that happens. But I was at Dutchtown High School. It's an allied health program. And they said, we know about donation. We're for donation. And we want to give 100 volunteers to the cause and we had a run that was coming up. So, I mean, that just worked out perfectly. And so when I asked the, the lead teacher, um, how do you know so much about organ donation to throw this much at us? Plus, they, they raise money for us. She said, there was this donor mom, and she talked about Justin. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, why wouldn't you support this? So you just never know the impact that you'll have. So we're still telling Justin's story. If you go to lopa.org and our Faces of Donations page, you click on Hero Stories, you'll read about Justin, and you'll read about all those other heroes here in the state of Louisiana that we love to talk about, we love to honor because of their gifts of life. At this point in the Gifted Life podcast, we do want to pause, and we want to say thank you to Justin Harrison for the gift of life. I love this segment, the question and answer segment, because this is when other people get a chance to get involved in the podcast, and we want more of that. So if there's something that's on your mind, you heard something, you need more clarification, info at lopa.org, please send that our way. But the question today is something that I just recently received in one of our classes, and it came from a high school class. They're all medically minded. And when I ask, what are you studying to become? Doctors, nurses, physicians, assistants, pediatric cancer specialists. So (laughs) a lot of smart folks who have some big plans for the future. But the question that came up most often in that class was, okay, so I met this recipient or I heard this story about this recipient. If you've already had a transplant, can I still be a donor? Well, I've actually gotten that question quite often myself. And the answer is yes. You can still be a donor. So say if you've gotten a, a kidney transplant in the past, which is, like I said before, most of the transplants, most of the need is for kidneys. But if you've gotten a kidney transplant in the past and then you die in a certain way that you can become a donor, mm-hmm. you can still donate the rest of your organs. Mm-hmm. Now, that kidney that you've received is not able to be retransplanted. And and the reason is more a technical thing. When they went in and kind of sewed everything together, it's difficult to then take it out and then what we call anastomose, but but sew back in or, or transplant into someone else because okay. oftentimes complications will occur. So 
that organ can't be transplanted, but the rest of the organs will still evaluate, will still do certain tests, mm-hmm. and then and then of course, hopefully, transplant the rest of the organs and save maybe four, five, or six other lives. And you know what's um, pretty cool for me is that recipients are so proud that that can happen. Uh, we talked to Wendy Lipsy earlier in yep. the podcast when she went to renew her license. She said, hey, y'all better ask me, and I'm going to videotape me getting mm-hmm. this heart on my license because I want to help save other lives because my life was saved. I got a second chance, right? right. And so Donnie Troxclair as well, when we're out and about, he says, you know, he had diabetes growing up, and there were so many things that he couldn't do, but he could be a donor, which was pretty cool for him. Then he needed a transplant. And he says, I want to help save lives if I can. It's just part of who they are. They want to inspire. They want to save lives. And they can. Right. That's the science behind it. Absolutely. Thank you. We need a like a Dr. Joey or like a, <laughs> something like that, right? Questions for Dr. Joey. <laughs> Dr. Boudreaux. <laughs> we love it. And again, info at lopa.org. Something you want us to talk about? Info at lopa.org. Send it our way. We want to start those conversations here. Joe, Joe, what do you know? It's the end of episode seven. That's it. It's in already. I started rhyming and then it just kind of fell flat <laughs> after that, but we'll get it together. Uh, but we do want to thank all those folks who joined us here on The Gifted Life today. Yes, a special thanks, certainly in order for Dr. Ahmed for taking some time you know, out of her busy day to be able to enlighten us about mm-hmm. kidney allocation and kidney transplant. Education is key. Absolutely. And then, of course, for Wendy, for, for telling us her story, and then for the connections that she's made with Alex and putting it on the big stage for others to be able to see. Miss Wendy Lipsy. And we're hoping that you choose to get involved as well and to help us save more lives. One of the ways that you can do that um, is coming up the July 4th weekend Essence Festival. We are calling all volunteers... Um, If you have a good heart, you want to help save lives, we're looking for you. So info at lopa.org, send us your information. We'll be in contact to let you know when we need you, what you'll be doing, et cetera. But we want you to get involved. And like we said, it could be a simple share, a simple retweet, something. Uh, Do something between now and the next time that uh, we talk to you guys to help save lives, spread education, and uh, make life happen. Wear blue and green. Wear blue and green. That's it. So um, it's very easy. We try to make it as easy as possible. We provide you with the tools, check out lopa.org, and we hope that you choose to share this Gifted Life podcast. We appreciate you listening. If you've been listening from the beginning to now, we really thank you. And if there's something that you want us to tackle, we want to hear from you as well. We want you to be part of this podcast, and we hope that it spurs those conversations. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Gifted Life podcast. <laughs>